I'm glad I'm preaching on hope today because I can tell that one week in and some of y'all already lost hope. And I'm here to tell you today that we serve a God of hope. Amen? It's too early to throw in the towel is what I'm saying. God's got this, right? Everyone say hope. hope. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Don't answer out loud, but think for a moment. What thrills you? Like, think about the word thrill. What thrills you? Now, I'm talking about something way bigger than maybe what happened to me this morning when I woke up before my alarm went off and I look and I still had multiple hours to sleep. That's a thrilling feeling, right? Especially for us parents in the room with little kids. I mean, sleep is like a valuable commodity. And so I was thrilled when I saw I still had two and a half hours of sleep left. Praise God. But I'm not talking about that kind of thrill. Or maybe when you are uh, in line at DeKind's or Chipotle and you get an extra large scoop of chicken on your burrito. It's a little bit bigger than usually is. That's like a thrilling moment. Just for me? Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I love Chipotle and I love DeKind's. Praise God. But I'm not, I'm not talking about that kind of thrill. Though those may be thrilling in the moment. I'm talking about maybe your first roller coaster ride. Right? There's some fear involved. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, woo! You know, anyone not like roller coasters? Okay, well, you can't relate then, I guess, but I love roller coasters, man. And there's a little bit of fear involved. You know, you're going up the lift, and you know the drop is about to come, and your heart is pounding, and you're like, ah! And there's wind in your face. Like, that's thrilling, right? That's thrilling. Or perhaps, I don't know, maybe catching the perfect wave. Anyone out there? Not me, but uh, <laughs> catching the perfect wave, like that's a thrilling moment, I, I would imagine. I've not done that before. Or for the parents in the room, maybe the birth of your child. Like that's, having experienced that three times, like that is thrilling and terrifying <laughs> and amazing, right? But that, to me, defines thrill. Like that's what thrilling is. Now, I know Christmas is over, and my wife makes fun of me and calls me Mr. Christmas because I just love it so much. I love Christmas music. In fact, all of December, it's pretty much all that I allowed my family to listen to. It's like, gosh, this song again? Like, yeah, this song again, and ten more times. I love Christmas. But one of my favorite Christmas songs is Oh Holy Night. Like, it's not this, like, exciting, but... But the lyrics are so powerful. And there's a line in that song that says this. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Wow. A thrill of hope. Like maybe when you hear the word hope, the last thing you think about is thrilling. Because you feel hopeless right now. Based on your circumstance or your situation. But man... We serve a God who offers us hope, and it's not just hope, it's hope, like a thrilling hope, amen? A thrilling hope, a scary and exciting and breathtaking hope. Everyone say thrilling. thrilling. Hope. hope. Wow. These song lyrics imply a new day on the horizon, a sunrise like any other, unlike any other. And and the weary, worn out, tired, anxiety-filled world is now rejoicing. Why? Because there's a hope on the way, and it's a thrilling one. Amen? Wow. 
there is hope. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now, this, there's so much to this verse, and we'll try to dissect it a little bit. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. If anyone's still looking for a verse to like, you know, hey, this is my verse for 2017, this is a good idea for one. I mean, my goodness. God, the source of hope. So if you're looking for hope, look no further than God because he's the source of it. Amen? And it says here that as I trust in him, I can be filled completely with joy and peace. My goodness, isn't that what the world is looking for in everything? Joy and peace. And yet so often... They're dissatisfied. Or what they thought was joy ended up just being a counterfeit. Or what they thought was peace ended up just leading to more stress. But this says that the God of hope, the source of hope, will fill us completely with joy and peace as you trust in him. As you trust in him. Wow. This right here, to me, guys, is something that I'm still working through, right? I'm not getting up here saying, hey, I found the secret. I'm with you. Because, man, so many of us face situations in life, and it feels like there's not much hope. We feel hopeless. But this right here says that God is the source of hope. And as we trust him, he will fill us completely with joy. That means that it's not a partial joy. It's not a little bit of peace, but it's a complete filling of both. Can someone say amen to that? Wow. This type of thrilling hope produces confidence through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a key factor there at the end of the verse. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you will overflow with confident hope. So we're already promised right? Joy and peace filled completely. But then another promise, overflowing with confident hope. That's something that the world cannot give. Amen? This type of hope, though, takes faith. It takes faith. Look at Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Assurance. That means you can stake your life on that. 100% certainty. Assurance of things we cannot see. Now notice the parallel between things hoped for and things not seen. Try applying assurance to something that your five senses cannot detect. Right? That's difficult. But that's what faith is. And if we're going to have a thrilling hope, one that fills us completely with joy and peace, one that causes us to overflow with confident hope, it's going to take faith. Faith is the assurance about things we cannot see. So here's the good news. Hope through Christ is available to you no matter what you see, 
what you feel, what you hear. Hope is above your circumstances. Amen? Oh, come on. Someone needs to hear that today. Whatever you're facing, hope is above that. It's above your circumstances. Right? Because faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Everyone say hope. Hope. What we hope for will actually happen. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love always protects, always hopes, always trusts, etc. In other words, trust is a big element when it comes to this hope. And if you love Jesus, you trust Jesus. Like that's easy to say until we're put to the test. Right? Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you so much. But then when our faith is tested, do we really love him so much that we we trust him, that we know that our hope is found in him and him alone? Or do we start looking to our left and to our right? Like, well, actually, I don't know how much I trust Jesus. But I wanted to show you guys an illustration through this video. So check this out, and then we'll get into this. Jesus, I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? No, I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. (laughs) I have an exercise that I think will really help you. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. (laughs) Now, do you trust me? Uh, No, I just said I don't trust you. Well, this is all part of the exercise. All right. right. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? Uh, Yes, Jesus. I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. (laughs) You can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust you. (laughs) Yes, I do trust you. I'm going to fall back. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted, all right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. (laughs) Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught me. I didn't think you were going to catch me, but you did. Oh, that was great. That was great. You're ready for level two. Level two, here I come, baby. Woo! Woo! Okay, hold it. (laughs) Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different, Laura. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Woo! Forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. <laughs> yes. The okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Especially when you do it. <laughs> Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus, I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. I won't. Man, how many times do we find ourselves in a situation where it's like, all right, God is exercising my faith in this, and so I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. And we fall back, and we feel his presence, and we're like, yeah, he caught me. I knew he would all along. Right? And then he's like, all right, all right. Do you really trust me? You know. And it's not that God is teasing us, but, man, he wants to build our faith. 
right? Because faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. And so if you really hope, uh, have a thrilling hope, you have to have faith. And you have to have a trust in a God who says, hey, I'll catch you no matter what, even when it doesn't make sense. What a great illustration, right? (laughs) We're looking right at Jesus, and he says, fall back. And we're like, come again? Like, this makes no sense. But yet I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. I hope in you. Amen? Do you ever hear people say, oh, I don't want to get my hopes up? Right? Uh, I just, you know, maybe that I don't, I don't really want to get my hopes up. Right? What they're saying is that they're not really hoping for that to happen. It's more of, yeah, it, it might or might not happen, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. So, in other words, I'm afraid of being disappointed. I know I've said it. I'm sure you've said it. But did you know the Bible actually says the opposite? Oh, I don't want to get my hopes up. Well, look at Romans 5, 5. Now, hope does not disappoint. We can just stop right there. (laughs) Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint. If it's the thrilling hope that we're talking about right now, if it's the hope that is in Jesus Christ and him alone, then it is impossible for it to disappoint you. Because it's not in Christ's nature. He is hope. He is love. But do we trust him? Hope does not disappoint. Now, what would you make of Paul's claim here that hope does not disappoint? Like, if that's hard for you to believe, then perhaps it has something to do with what your hope is based on. Or what you are hoping in. Like maybe you read a verse like that, hope does not disappoint. Well, I know that's not true because I've been disappointed my whole life, right? But the thrilling hope that I'm talking about today is a hope that can't disappoint. It's impossible. Why? Because the love of God, that's something that you can trust. Amen? It's something that you can trust even when your situation says the opposite and makes no sense. People may say, well, you can't really get your hopes up. Or why would you still be hoping, hoping in that after all these years or after all you've faced? Why would you still have hope? Because my hope isn't based on what I see. Amen? I'll say it again. My hope isn't based on what I see. My hope has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ. Right? Everyone say hope. Oh, we're just going to keep talking about it until we all get it. Because, like I said, we are one week into this thing. One week into 2017. And everyone has New Year's resolutions, and everyone feels fired up for the year, and maybe some of y'all have already blown it, right? Relationally, spiritually, or resolutionally. But man, the hope that we believe in, the thrilling hope, is a hope that will carry you not just through 2017, It'll carry you for the rest of your life because it won't disappoint you. Amen? Hope. Now, the English language oftentimes really screws up some really important words. Like take love for an example, right? I love basketball. In fact, my team, the Memphis Grizzlies, came back and won in overtime against the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. Hallelujah. 
It's awesome. I love basketball. I love coffee. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Woo! I love coffee. Love it. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I felt that just now. I love coffee. I love my wife. Right? Now, one of these things are clearly greater than the other. Don't worry. My wife is aware of my coffee addiction, and I'm working through that. One of these is clearly greater than the other, but it's all the same word. Right? But same thing with hope. If you think about the word hope. Hope can be like a kid eagerly awaiting a Christmas gift, hoping that he gets a certain something, but he's not, still not sure. There's that element of still, I might be disappointed. Man, I remember one, one year when I was a kid, I got an entire thing of Encarta encyclopedias. I don't even know if anyone remembers what those are. <laughs> I opened that thing and I was just like, awesome. What is this? You know? Maybe you were hoping for something and it hasn't happened or didn't happen. Hope, right? Or on a more serious note, I had a friend years ago, lost a loved one. And we were talking about that. And I was like, man, well, that's, that's how cool is it, though, that we, we have the blessed hope. Hope that we'll see loved ones again. We'll see Christ in his return, right? And when I said hope, though, his response was, well, yeah, but not just hope. Like, I know and I'm like, well, yeah, 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 I understand what you're saying. But, you know, in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says there's a blessed hope, the return of Christ. And we'll all be caught up in the air with him and we'll see those who have gone before us, right? And so, see, that word hope can mean two extremely different things. And I've narrowed it down to two, and I'm sure there's more. But the, the two versions of hope that I see here is hope, wishful thinking, and hope, confident expectation, Like, think about this for a second. Oh, I hope this happens. But honestly, if I'm really honest with myself, that's more of a wishful thinking type of hope. Or, man, I I have a hope that this is going to happen. And it's a confident expectation type of hope. That means I'm confidently expecting it to happen. It's just a matter of time. Right? See, we got to be able to move from wishful thinking hope to confident expectation hope if we truly believe that the hope we have is a thrilling hope. Amen? We got to stop saying, oh man, I hope this, I hope that, and not really believe it. Right? Wishful thinking versus confident expectation. Here's another example. Just came to me. I was at a concert once, and the band was rocking, and the crowd was going crazy. And this guy gets up on stage, and he's going he's gonna to crowd surf, right? He's just like, yeah. And he runs, and he jumps without a second thought, doesn't miss a beat. Miss a beat. He just runs and jumps off the stage. Now, if you can just freeze the frame, and you see him flying above the crowd, you have to ask yourself, what kind of hope does this guy have? Because that, that idea of jumping off the stage and hoping a crowd catches you, it should be wishful thinking, but he applied confident expectation, right? And this is what I saw, I kid you not. That crowd parted like the Red Sea, and that dude hit the concrete. And literally, like, people weren't even watching the band anymore. Everyone was just like, oh. I'm like, why didn't anyone catch this guy? 
Either way, he made a memory. (laughs) But think about that. Like, that's something that should have been wishful thinking type of hope. I hope these people catch me. But instead, he was so revved up. Oh, I have confident expectation type of hope. But the hope we have can't disappoint, right? If you jump, he will catch you. Amen? Confident expectation. Wow. Wishful thinking versus confident expectation. The type of hope we have is through faith. It's a God-given present assurance of a future reality. As Christians, we need to re-invite the thrill of hope into our daily lives. Right? Maybe you've yet to do that this year. Maybe you've just been so caught up and busy with life when everyone around you is, you know, writing down what they want to accomplish in 2017 or, oh, man, I want to get closer to God or this and that or I hope this or I hope that. Maybe you need to pause for a moment and re-invite this thrilling hope into your life. Thrilling hope. The God-given present assurance, Emmanuel, God with us, promises us a future reality. And that's thrilling. Amen? Thrilling. Look what Max Lucado says. This is just such an awesome quote. Hope is not what you'd expect. It is what you would never dream. It is a wild, improbable tale with a pinch-me-I'm-dreaming ending. Hope is not, not a granted wish or a favor performed. No, it is far greater than that. It is a zany, unpredictable dependence on a God who loves to surprise us out of our socks and be there in the flesh to see our reaction. That's strong, right? Wow. How amazing is it that we serve a God who loves the mystery and surprise of the things he reveals to us, yet in the mystery mystery and in the waiting, we get impatient, we get insecure, we panic, we worry and get frustrated while all along he wants us to have this confident expectation type of hope. Hope that leads us to worship. Hope that leads us to show others around us that we have hope. Real hope. Hope that can't disappoint. Everyone say hope. hope. Tell the person next to you, I'm high. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Say, I'm high. I'm high. On hope. I just wanted to wake y'all up. I'm high on hope. Don't base your hope on what you currently see. Man, it's hard. It's so difficult. Don't base your hope on what you currently see. Romans 8, 24 through 25 says this. Wow. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And in the same book, Romans, back a few chapters, chapter 5, we already looked at it. But the, the verses that preceded that says, hey, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Wow. What kind of hope is it? hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Wow. The greatest hindrance to your vision is your sight. Some of y'all missed it. I'm going to say it again. 
The greatest hindrance to your vision is your sight. Your God-given vision that pushes you to hope in greater things. Your God-given vision that says, hey, you can trust me. But the greatest hindrance to that vision is your actual sight. What you see before you, right? The greatest hindrance to your vision is your sight. If you truly hope for something, it's got to be coupled with faith in action. Otherwise, you don't really mean it. Now, I'm not trying to be harsh here, but man, it's good to have a dose of reality, right? If you say that you truly hope for something, but you're not showing that you hope for something, then you probably don't really mean it. Prove it. Okay, I will. Look at Mark chapter 5. And I'm actually going to read out of my Bible real quick. Same translation that will be up on screen. But I want to read a couple of verses before what's happening here. Now listen to this. Verse 22. Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, being Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. That's an awesome word. Thronged. Basically means pressing in at all sides. And this is where the story picks up right here. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes. Other versions say the hem of his garment. I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around. Can you imagine the type of faith that causes Jesus to turn around? Turned around in the crowd. And he said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see a multitude thronging you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Wow. We see here a woman with an issue of blood. She spent every penny on treatment and doctors and specialists and yet suffered from the same condition for 12 years. And it says that she actually got worse. And according to the Mosaic law, she was considered unclean. So in this instance, she's a lawbreaker. She should be in isolation because of this. Can you imagine the loneliness? Can you imagine the pain, the rejection? Seems like a hopeless situation, right? 
a hopeless situation. But what I see in this story is a woman, despite her circumstances that she could see, still had enough hope to reach out and touch Jesus. Amen? What if she would have sat at home and said, man, I hope Jesus senses my need and I hope Jesus kicks my door down and I hope he comes into my house and heals me of this. But no, she had the type of hope that is a thrilling hope, hope that is driven with faith and trust in him. And she pushed through the crowd and said, oh, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. Right? Her seen circumstance looked hopeless, but she had a hope that was burning down in her that caused her to go against what was seen and reach out and touch him and receive healing. Could it be that in a room full of people that not everyone is touching Jesus? It says a multitude thronged him. That means he was being touched on every side, on every side, but only one actually touched him. Think about that for a second. Like right now, you are in the right place at the right time and Jesus is here. But in a room full of people, how many are actually reaching out and touching him? You can be in the presence of the almighty one, but it takes a hope on the inside of you with faith to actually reach out touch the hem of his garment and say, you know what? My circumstances don't look good. My situation doesn't look good, but I have a hope that I know cannot disappoint me and I am going to still reach out because I trust him. Amen. In a room full of people like right now, how many are actually touching him? He wants you to experience a thrilling hope. A thrilling hope. One that can't disappoint well, I hope I quit smoking or I hope my marriage works out or I hope my friends and family find Christ or I hope this or I hope that. But you know what? I'm tired of seeing Christians say they have hope and yet they live in a posture of hopelessness. Right? Man, hope, the real type of hope is coupled with faith and action. She reached out and touched him. Hope is a desire, confident expectation, not wishful thinking. And the proof of your desire is in your pursuit. She heard Jesus was coming to town. So she pressed her way through the multitude and reached out and touched him. Reached out and touched him. The proof of your desire is in your pursuit. Even though all around you may seem and look hopeless, your situation doesn't look good, you press on, you press through. Jesus is your hope in the middle of a storm. Jesus is your hope in the middle of the night when you feel lost, alone, and abandoned, right? Jesus is your hope in a situation that looks like all hope is lost. Jesus is your hope, and it's a thrilling hope. Awaken the thrill of hope today confident expectation a hope that takes your breath away yeah it's a little scary that's what makes it thrilling thrilling hope 
when your situation feels hopeless, Jesus trumps your feelings and gives you hope anyways. Amen? Hmm. We live in a world full of people that have lost hope, and maybe you have too. I invite you to awaken the thrill of hope this morning in your life because there are people around you that are depending on you, whether you realize it or not. Man, this world is jacked up and crazy and oftentimes looks dark and hopeless. But I believe that there is hope. Amen? There is hope. But the true hope, the thrilling hope, is only found in Jesus. Look at this last verse, 1 Peter 3.15. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So here's a question for you. When was the last time someone actually asked? Because maybe if they're not asking, what are you putting out there? Because people are hungry for the real thing. Right? They've been disappointed their whole life with the things of this world. They may not admit it, not yet, but they always end up feeling empty and broken and lost. And so if you carry a thrilling hope in your heart, people are going to ask about it. How can you have hope in this situation? Your world is falling apart right now. You just lost that loved one or you just got diagnosed with this or you're in the middle of this. How can you still have hope? It's because it's a thrilling hope and it's a hope that can't disappoint. Let me tell you about him. His name is Jesus. Always be ready. Always be ready to explain this hope you have because people are counting on you. Wow. Let's bow our heads in this place. If you're in here and as you heard this message about hope maybe you realize that right now in your heart of hearts in your life that you've not discovered who hope is you've not invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior you've not surrendered your life to him you've not surrendered your will to him Man, I want to give everybody an opportunity in here to do that. So if you're in this place and you've yet to do that, you've yet to say, Jesus, I need you. I'm lost without you. I need you to be my hope. Would you raise your hand in this place? Anywhere in here. Awesome. Awesome. So this is what we're going to do then. If you're able, I'd like to invite you to stand. You can stand right now in this place, but keep your head bowed. If you're able, just stand to your feet. Come on, every person in here, just stand to your feet and keep your head bowed. I know, I know that in a room with this many people, there are people who feel hopeless. I know that there are people in here have been disappointed too many times you might feel afraid right now to give this hope a chance but you gotta keep hoping or maybe you're in here and, and you've yet to realize that this hope that we have is a thrilling hope it's a breathtaking hope it's an exciting hope man 
regardless of where you're at in this journey, I encourage you right now to open up your heart. Say, Jesus, awaken the thrill of hope in me because I want to carry that everywhere I go. I want to carry that into my home. I want to carry that into my workplace. I want to carry that into my school and on my college campus. I want to carry that everywhere I go. I want people to notice the hope that I have. And it's you, Jesus. It's you. So I'm just going to lead a prayer. It's for everybody in this room. And if you identified in any of those things or, or even something different, man, open up your heart right now. Open up your heart and agree with me in this prayer and even say your own prayer. Jesus, we love you so much. We just thank you. Thank you that this year can be a year that we discover hope, the real thing, a thrilling hope, one that cannot disappoint. So Jesus, we thank you for every promise that comes out of your word. Lord, we stand on those. And Father, in moments where where our situation and our circumstance look hopeless, Lord, we are not going to base our hope on what we see. But God, we're just going to keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus, because you are hope. You are hope. And this hope is above our circumstances. So Lord, walk with us. Thank you that we will be more aware of your presence. God, starting right now, Holy Spirit, guide us, direct us, give us peace and give us strength today. And I thank you for these amazing and precious people that are here. God, some of them facing what would seem to be hopeless situations, but God, they leave this place today full of hope, overflowing with hope, filled completely with joy and peace as they trust you. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you. We love you so much. We pray these things in your name.